Welcome to the first Matt and Ben attempt at recording a podcast talking about sports. This is our annual college football preview. We do this every year. This is the first time we've ever bothered to record it. I'm joined by Matt Story, my longtime friend, the smartest person I know when it comes to sports and life. <laughs> Matt, well, thanks. I appreciate it. All right. So what we typically do is we go divi- or we go conference by conference on our college breakdown. We also do our Heisman picks. Uh, just so everyone has fair warning, Matt and I have exchanged our Heisman picks already. Um, Indeed. And uh, so, Matt, let's get started. Where do you want to go first? Well, do we start with the Heisman picks? I, I think that sounds right. I, get that out there. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to break my streak of always picking someone from the University of Georgia. I'm going to take Le- – Okay. I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette. That's my okay. – I feel okay. confident he's a, you know, he was elite last year. And even though running backs are usually hurt by the Heisman voting and it usually goes to a quarterback, I think this is the year he breaks through. I like it. I like it. He was the guy halfway through last year. So that makes sense. Uh, and, you know, I, I've been on this for a few months. I'm going Lamar Jackson from Louisville. I think he's the off the radar pick, the the guy that isn't getting a ton of buzz now, but he'll put up monster numbers in that offense big-time playmaker, passer, runner, uh, and and comes from off the radar. I want to pick Watson, and I think Watson could have kind of a Mariota-esque run where he's just so good that he gets it, but it's hard to be the favorite and win, so I, I'm leaning against him. I, I'm noticing neither of us has McCaffrey as our top, and it sounds like if Watson's your second, I, I have a second who's not McCaffrey either. I think Baker yeah. Mayfield at Oklahoma – Okay. Has a okay. real shot. I think Oklahoma is going to probably wind up being my pick to win the Big 12. And okay. we know Heisman well, voters like Oklahoma quarterbacks. They do. They do. Well, I'm not I'm not going to say just yet then who my dark horse is because it plays into my pick to win the Big 12. But I have another one that I'll, I'll get to when we get to Big 12 discussion. All right. Well, let's move to the conferences. Uh, We tend to just stick with the Power Five because there's really not a whole lot of sense in us picking anywhere else because no one's going to win the national title out of any other conference. So um, with that, let's go alphabetical. Who do you like in the ACC? I mean, it's tough to pick against Clemson. Uh, You know, they've got so much offense back, and and Mike Williams is back now too. uh, I mean, he didn't didn't even play last year aside from the very first game when he got hurt. they lose a lot on defense, but they lost a lot on defense last year too, and and they were fine. Um, and and I just think their offense is going to be so good. I, I mean, I think they they could put up monster numbers all year, and that's why I say I think Watson has a chance to be that Heisman winner that just is so good um, that he you know he gives you no choice but to vote for him basically. Um, but I think it's a tough. I mean, that division with them is tough. I think Louisville's really good. I think Florida State's really good. Um, so I think the winner comes out of whatever that division is. I don't know if it's the Atlantic or the Coastal, um, but I definitely think you, you know those are the three best teams, and probably could see all three of them in those New Year's bowl games. But definitely two of them, I think. For me, I think Clemson's going to win the Atlantic. I, I don't think that's really yeah. a question. But I, I actually really like North Carolina this year. Okay. I, I think that they'll win the Coastal. 
I really think that you know they name the uh, the kid who they named their starting quarterback yeah. last year uh, Trubisky. Trubisky, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Six touchdowns, no picks last year in relief action. Yeah, he was good. He was good off the bench. Yeah, and Williams got hurt a couple of times. He came in and played. Yeah, well, and also you know Gene Chizik not that far removed from running an elite program as now the defensive True. coordinator there. I, I think that they got a chance. I think they're building in the right direction. So I, I don't think they can beat Clemson, but I do think that they'll win the Coastal. Yeah, I, I would probably say they're the safe pick. Now, I think Miami is in that division too, aren't they? They're they are. In the Coastal. And I think they'll be improved. I, you know, I like Rick, and I know Brad Kaya's got a lot of hype this year. It's kind of the, the Jared Goff of this season. Um, uh, and so I think they'll be good, but I'd probably go with Carolina. But I, like I said, I think the strength is really in the Atlantic, I guess I'd say. Um, because I think I think any of those three, but definitely Clemson and Florida State are national championship contenders. And it's just it's the quarterback to me that makes the difference. Florida State's uncertain, and Clemson's got maybe the best one in the country. Yeah, uh, just touching on one point, I think I might be the only person who's not in yet on Brad Kaya. I, I re- oh, I'm not in. I'm not in. I, no, you're not. You're not totally alone. I, I mean, I, again, that's why I compared him to Golf because I feel like. Very similarly, they they haven't really done a lot. Um, you know, they haven't won anything of of significance, uh, and and haven't really, to me, been that impressive through two years. But still on the draft radar as maybe a you know a first round pick somehow. Yeah, he he feels a little Jay Cutler esque in that he's put up yes. sort of middling numbers on sort of a middling team in a power conference, and you know if this year they Agreed. break through and they finish the year. You know, in the top fifteen, I'll eat my words. But right sure, now, I'm, sure. I'm not ready for no, that. No, I agree. I mean, it, it does remind me a lot of golf in the sense that I wanted to see them take a leap, and Cal took a, a small leap, but not enough of one for for my liking. Uh, they went seven and five, which was better than what they've been, but not exactly what I was hoping for as, as far as really seeing them go. I, I, you know, Rick is a very good coach, um, has had a lot of quarterbacks go to the NFL, and, it, you know, so it's a good fit. Uh, but I just, yeah, I got to I gotta see it to believe it. To me, so far, he's been a lot of projection and, and good numbers against bad teams, but that's about it. Do you think, I think we should briefly ask this, do you think Rick will have a better year, or do you think that Georgia will have a better year without him? I think Georgia will have a better year because I think they're, they're a better team, a better program. I mean, you know, the SEC is tougher than the ACC, I would say. So whether or not Georgia finishes as high in the conference, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. Um, but, I, you know, I, I like Georgia not not to win the SEC or even win the East, but to be a pretty good team. We'll get to that, obviously. But, uh, you know, it depends on, on what they do at the quarterback spot to me. will go a long ways toward how they kind of set things up. But, you know, Kirby Smart's finally got that chance. I think he'll he'll do pretty well there. Yeah, well, and my love of Nick Saban extends to his coaching right. tree. So. That's right. You've been waiting for Kirby Smart to get this chance. We've talked about this for years. Yeah, He, he, waited, he waited a long time. He got a great program. I mean, he, you know, he could have jumped at smaller jobs, uh, but he didn't, and he stayed patient. Now he's got his alma mater and a you know, potential power program in the SEC. is a pretty good landing spot. Yeah. Now, generally, since our conversations will revolve around Arizona State, I think it's important to note that I think Kirby Smart's probably in a better position than former ASU offensive coordinator Mike Norvell going to Memphis. 
both in terms of the talent he inherited and yes. just the prestige of the program. For sure. So I, I think Kirby Smart is going to be my best new face in an old place. I think he's going to have a better yeah. year than Rick. I, I, I think he's going to have perhaps one of the best years in the country. I think Georgia's yeah. easily a top 15 team this year. Okay, okay. I like that. <laughs> that being said, that might not be enough to put them in the top half of the SEC. <laughs> it might not. Yeah, yeah. The SEC is, you know... It's always got several teams, and obviously, uh, without getting too far ahead, there's a team I like a little better in the SEC East, although I like Georgia. I think they're they're probably a year away from being the, the cream of the crop in the East. Yeah. So let's move on now to the Big 12. Obviously, they've been dealing with a lot, in especially at Baylor with Art Bryles yeah. and the controversy there. The talent's yeah. still there, yeah, although... The expansion and all that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a it's still a talented conference. I know I already alluded to it. My pick's going to be Oklahoma. I really believe in Baker okay. Mayfield. Um, I know that you have a deep rooted dislike for the Stoops family, <laughs> and, and I I do. And <laughs> Baker Mayfield has has really kind of moved up the ranks in that list as well, possibly because of his connection with the Stoops family. <laughs> if he played at Texas, I'd probably like him. Yeah, that, I mean, I I obviously have no love loss for Mike or Mark. Stoops, but right. I I just think that that's a talented program. I think that things are going to break well for them. They got a lot of talent coming back this year, and when you have a veteran at quarterback, as ASU is about to learn, it's a lot easier to yep. at least have high expectations going into the season. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're the preseason favorite in that conference, and they should be. Uh, I think Baylor would have been right there with them prior to everything that's happened, um, but now you've got guys leaving coaching unrest and uh, you can't count on anything from them so they're the favorite um i don't i'm not picking them um this is my you know drum roll please uh dark horse pick i'm picking texas tech to be the surprise and win the big 12 that would be a surprise i mean you know they've gotten some love with the uh air raid offense yeah you know i really like mahomes i think mahomes is the type of quarterback that just lifts the guys around him uh, from watching him a little bit last year. Now I'll admit, I, you know, I've, I've paid more attention to them in the offseason because they're playing ASU. And, and so they're on the schedule, and, and so I've read more about them, looked more at them. Uh, but I think the Big 12's open in some ways because of what we talked about with Baylor. TCU's replacing their quarterback. Defensive questions, same as last year. Texas is still kind of in progress trying to build something back up. So I... I feel like there's an opening there. I don't think I, I don't have Texas Tech as a playoff team. Um, I think they're probably a ten and two winner. Uh, but I, you know, and they've got defensive questions. But I think everybody in that conference does. So it's enough to to win ten games and maybe win the win the whole thing. Conference, I should say. Yeah, I think that's. De- I mean, they definitely will have the offense to carry them, and if no, if everyone's putting up points, you never know what'll happen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you know, that's that's kind of my thought and it's it's basically you know basically i'm just not sold on oklahoma maybe i should be that i mean that's the safe pick it's the it's the smart pick looking at it you know that no one's gonna say boy what do you think of picking oklahoma i mean they won it last year they've got the quarterback back they've got the two running backs back uh you know they always have talent uh but i guess i'm just trying to try to find a team outside the box and like I said, I think Texas is on the upswing. Um, I think they'll play the true freshman kid at quarterback, and and that'll go a long ways towards showing progress. But they're not quite there yet. 
Um, TCU's always good. I mean, Kerry Patterson's a good coach, and you know they're going to be good. Uh, but they don't have a quarterback, at least proven one yet, so I'm hesitant on them. And uh, That's where I was saying earlier, I think Mahomes is a dark horse Heisman candidate to me. I think he'll put up monster numbers, running, throwing, just sort of being kind of a, you know, a poor man's Manziel type of player, basically playing for a coach that Manziel won the Heisman with. I agree. I think now would be a time since we, we briefly touched on Texas. Their regular season opener is against Notre Dame. And yes. Be, and because Notre Dame doesn't really fall into anybody's conference, because, yeah. you know, we could have, I guess, talked about them in the ACC context because yeah. they land yeah. there everywhere else. But I think that Notre Dame is in my final four. I, I think they are in mine, too. I agree. I really think Brian Kelly, this is, if, if, you know, with what they did last year, overcoming all the injuries and coming as close as they did, I really think yeah. they got a shot. You know, I'm looking at their schedule now. They open at Texas. I think they can get that game. Yeah, they should. You know, they have Michigan State at home, which should be a win. A bit of a rebuilding Michigan State team, yeah. yeah. I mean, I look at that, uh, the back-to-back October 15th at home against Stanford, October 29th against Miami. Tough stretch, yeah. I you mean, know, Stanford's... Stanford's always a tough opponent. I think one of the better teams in the Pac-12, and then and then they got USC at the end of the year, like always on the road. Um, so that you know, but yeah, I, I agree. I think I think you've seen last year, and you know, they're finally getting the pieces there to be a big time program. I think. I mean, the team that went to the title game in 2012, it was it was a little bit of a fluky run. Uh, you know, they won a lot of close games and. Uh, it was only his, I think, third year at that point. He, he didn't quite have the team, and they were exposed by Alabama in the championship game. They didn't have the, the speed and the athleticism necessary to, to win at that level. But I think now they've they've got more of that. You're seeing it in the NFL draft. Guys getting picked very highly year after year now from Notre Dame. Um, that, I mean, the, the question for them is who's the quarterback? You know, they, it's, you know, do you go with Kaiser because he was good all year, or do you give the job back to Zaire? because he started out so hot before he got hurt, gives you a little bit more of a running element than Kaiser does. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of Ohio State-like where you say it's a good problem to have unless you can't pick one and it gets to be week two, three, four, and you still haven't picked one, and then it's not a good problem to have anymore. Yeah, I know that uh, Phil Steele on ESPN did his top quarterback situations. and Yeah. You know, one of the things that he raised about Notre Dame is – You've got Zaire, who's a great runner, you know, who put up big numbers. Right. But when he's out, you have Kaiser, who has a great year. And then, right. you know, you've got an elite prospect or an elite recruit in Brandon Wimbush, who's, Wimbush, who's yeah. third team. Yeah. And, you who's know. supposed to be pretty good. And, and you know, I mean, it, people throw these things out, who knows. But, you know, you hear the uh, that guy could start for, you know, 100 teams. And maybe he could. Um, you know, I think their, their hope is to redshirt him this year because he had to be the backup last year. Mm-hmm. With Kaiser and and Golson left, and so they needed him as the number two. And I think the the hope is they can redshirt him this year. Um, you know, I don't know. That'll be an interesting one to watch. I think all all preseason and even going into the early season, because obviously whoever gets the pick, if that guy struggles or obviously gets injured, but certainly you know if he if he struggles against Texas or Michigan State in those first couple of games. You know, does he have a quick hook? Brian Kelly's done that in the past. He's mixed and matched quarterbacks. He did it at Cincinnati, done it at Notre Dame. I mean, you know, Everett Golson took him to the took him to the national championship, but they they pulled him in and out that year 
uh, Tommy Reese played a couple of games. And then the next year, Tommy Reese kind of bounced back and forth with a couple other guys when Golson was suspended. So, you know, Kelly's got a quick hook, and if he's got another option, I think you could see both of them play over the course of the year. I agree. I, I think that covers Notre Dame, at least for what we're trying to do here. So yes. Let's, yes. <laughs> let's move on to the Big Ten. Okay. I, I think that it's going to be an, a, another top-heavy year in the Big Ten. I think it's going to be Michigan. Mm-hmm. Very good. I think Ohio yep. State will be solid, if unspectacular, compared yeah. to how they were. I mean, it's tough to replace Ezekiel Elliott. So many guys, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so many picks. Uh, God, they, I think they lost, what, eight or nine underclassmen, uh, you know. So, I mean, there's got to be some attrition there. You know, they've got good players in the pipeline, but hard to replace all those guys in one year. Yeah, and having Barrett back will obviously help. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll he'll settle that situation down a lot. But I, I think it's Michigan's to lose. They got the new Nike Jumpman uniforms, and yep. I think it's going to be – Yep, I agree. <laughs> I think it's going to be all hype all the time around Michigan this year, and I think they're going to yes, back it up. It is, yeah. I mean, I I felt you know a few weeks ago, a month ago, that they were kind of a a dark horse national title contender, and they're not a dark horse anymore. They're the, they're the betting favorite, apparently. So, uh, you know, no longer can they be considered an underrated team, I guess. But uh, but yeah, I think so. I mean, like so many teams, they they haven't picked a quarterback yet. Um, but with Harbaugh's track record, it doesn't scare me off like some others. Uh, I mean, he gets the most out of his guys, whether it's Josh Johnson at San Diego or Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith, uh, Jake Rudolph last year. I mean, he's he's uh, he's done well with guys who other coaches haven't done well with. Jake Rudolph was was basically a, a underperforming, mediocre quarterback at Iowa, and last year, you know, he turned him into a pretty good player enough to get him drafted, which I don't think anybody would have expected. Uh, and Kaepernick, you know, he, he plucked him and gave him the job and looked like a rising star. But since he left, he hasn't been very good. So maybe maybe it was more Harbaugh than Kaepernick. Uh, so he'll find a guy. Uh, you know, I know Wilton Spate is supposed to be the leader in the clubhouse right now. Um, but they got the kid from Houston, O'Corn. They got Shane Morris. Uh, they got enough options there that I think he'll settle on a guy and that guy will perform well because quarterbacks just play well for Harbaugh. Yeah, I so here's where I think it gets interesting in, in that side of the conference. Michigan State loses, I think, eight starters on offense, including yeah. their quarterback, Connor Cook. Yeah, yeah. And much of their, I mean, Jack Conklin's gone. Jack yeah. Allen, the center's Jack gone. Jack Allen, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't see it. I don't get where the hype's coming from. They have to play on the same side as Michigan and, Mich- and Ohio State. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a belief in in what Antonio has built there, and credit to him that that he's built a program that has been able to withstand personnel losses. Uh, you know, a few years back, they they were really good with Kirk Cousins, and they had a team I think that finished in the top ten or fifteen, and. Um, you know, the next year they struggled a bit. They ended up in the, the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl here, but then then it was right back the next year in the Rose Bowl. Uh, and, and so, you know, what we've talked about with ASU is kind of what I'm hoping uh, they can replicate what Michigan State's done, which is build a program that just, you know, it may not have all the superstars that a Michigan and Ohio State does, but they're well coached. Um, there's enough guys there in the pipeline that there's always somebody there to replace at. You know, I think losing Connor Cook 
I know he took some some shots for the you know not being a captain and not being a leader and all that, but he was a three and a half year starter who took him to you know two conference titles, three big bowl games. Um, that's a tough loss, and uh, you know can't can't be easy to replace him regardless of maybe his you know attitude issues or whatever they are. Um, so I they'll I don't think they're a conference title contender, but but they're always very solid and just one of those teams kind of kind of feels like Virginia Tech back in the day where like every year they're a pain in the side basically that you know they they can win nine or 10 games they can upset a team they shouldn't like they did last year with Ohio State there on the road because they're well coached and that just kind of makes up for all the deficiencies that they might have do you think the top 10 teams in the Big 10 are playing in the East Michigan Michigan State Ohio State or do you I think-, think so I'd say Michigan and Ohio State are probably top 10 top 15 caliber maybe not michigan state but yeah i think all three of them are are better than anybody from the other side uh that's a it's a tough one i mean it, i think what northwestern's on the other side yeah uh, i mean you Nebraska, got wisconsin and you've got iowa coming off a dream season iowa, which... that's right geez i forgot about iowa yeah yeah um and, and and you know they got they got a lot back from that team um, but that team had such a small margin for error last year. They won so many games that were kind of, kind of ugly. Uh, they had a scheduling break, you know, not not playing the other top teams in the conference. So it, it's hard for me to see them replicating that completely. But maybe enough to win the division, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin, if they can find somebody to catch a pass this season, might have a yeah. chance. But you know, yeah, yeah, it really. It, I mean, I really think that even if Iowa, you know, regresses to the mean a little bit. You know, Nebraska, maybe Riley can finally get things turned around and put yeah, in the right direction. Yeah. There's a lot of people who like Tommy Armstrong there. Uh, to me, I, I thought it was an awkward fit with what Riley wanted to do, but he had a decent year last year. Um, and, and maybe, you know, they can they can find some momentum there. Uh, it just it feels like a, a fair amount of average to slightly above average teams, but nobody that really scares you as far as a, a, a championship contender. Now, obviously, you know, if, if they get in one game and you upset a team, they can win the Big Ten title. But it does feel a lot like the ACC where it's, it's kind of loaded on one side. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Michigan as my pick. I just think there's too, too much talent, too good of a coach. Me too, me too. I'd probably go Michigan over, over Iowa, but not with a lot of conviction. I, I mean, I, I feel like, you know. I always, I'm always waiting for Northwestern to break through. I think Pat Fitzgerald's a good coach, and you know they had a good start a couple of years ago, and it just got derailed when they lost that game to Ohio State. You know, maybe this is this is the year they they climb the mountain. But I guess uh, you know, probably pick Iowa just to be conservative in that case. Yeah, same here. I, I think Wisconsin. You know, they'll win eight games and they'll run over people, but. Yeah. Even if yeah. Iowa comes back to the mean, I still think that they're ahead of Wisconsin right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, Iowa's a pick that uh, never seems exciting to make, but it, you pick them anyway. I guess they're that kind of pick. It's just the way they are. Like The way they were last year, they were 12-0, and and they were the most unexciting, boring 12-0 and team I think you've seen. But they find a way, and, and then... And then when the expectations get too high, they end up going 5-7. and seven. That kind of seems to be the way they go. Well... As is our tradition, we're going to skip the Pac-12 alphabetically. I, okay. I want to raise one team who we didn't talk about, and I, I feel now I was a little dismissive when I said no team out of the Power Five could make it. Yeah. Houston has yeah. a lot of talent, 
They went 13-1 and last year. Uh, an they, interesting one, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, right away, don't they open with Ohio State, I think, the opening week, and then they play Oklahoma a couple weeks later. So they've, they've got the games to, to put themselves on the map. I mean, if they can pull off those two upsets, they definitely have a shot. I'm looking. They play Oklahoma week one at, you know, and that game, I don't understand why Oklahoma took it, to be honest. You, you're heading towards a potential national championship type year, yeah. and you, you're yeah. willing to put a hiccup with a non-conference, non-power yeah. five loss. Yeah, it's a surprise. I mean, I, I don't know when that game was scheduled. If it was scheduled, you know, four or five years ago when Houston didn't look like the team they are, and they probably thought, well, we'll get a, we'll get a big game in the Texan stadium, and and we'll just, you know, we'll beat up on little Houston. Um, but if it was a recent one, yeah, I'm surprised because obviously that program is, has really risen fast and they've got the, you know, the hot coaching candidate, every open job, Tom Herman is the guy that comes up. Um, yeah, you know, and they've got a lot of, a lot of pieces back, the quarterback back. Um, they were really close last year and didn't, I think their only loss was like a, wasn't it to was it to Memphis? Maybe I can't. You know, it was a close loss from what I recall. Otherwise, they might have had a chance to get in there. I don't know if they would have last year if they didn't have the schedule strength. But this year, that shouldn't be an issue. So yeah, they they're they're kind of an off the radar candidate that could very quickly be on the radar if they win those first couple games. Yeah, and look out for uh, Ed Oliver if they decide that he can play as a freshman, which you would think they would. He's a five star recruit, the first one Houston's had in as long as I yeah. can remember. Yeah, um, and he comes from a team in uh, in Houston that had Dylan Sterling Cole, the ASU. That's right. That's quarterback. Right. Yes. yes. You know? So yeah, it, yeah, it's a it's a tough uh, tough slate. Am I? You know what? I'm wrong. I'm looking at their schedule. They don't play Ohio State. Oklahoma plays Ohio State. So <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the faux pas on that one. They do open with Oklahoma, so that's obviously their chance to put themselves on the radar if they can get that win. But then after that, not a ton to speak of on their schedule. So it'd be an uphill battle, even if they go 13-0. and They're going to need some breaks probably from the other conferences to get in. I mean, for me, having the Sooners in, in my Final Four, I'm really banking on them beating Houston and Houston staying good because I'm not sure what's going to happen in that Ohio State game. Sure, sure, exactly. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one, uh, you know, very, very early on and, one of those games that, you know, honestly you see more of now because of the playoff because, uh, you know, either whoever loses that game, if they're both, you know, if they both don't have a loss, obviously if Oklahoma has one already, that's a different story. But, you know, it's, it's not a killer. Um, you, you lose a game to another very good team uh, and you still have your conference season ahead to get back in. And, you know, we've seen it the last, obviously Ohio State did it. They lost to Virginia Tech. They came back and they, they win the title. Uh, you know, so we've seen teams lose – out of conference early and not suffer for it really that much, um, which is, is good. I mean, it helps those first few weeks. Week one, it's got tons of great games that you probably wouldn't see with the old BCS system. I mean, it's what, yeah, it's what makes the playoff good. It's why, yeah. ultimately, if we could get to that 64-team conference and all of those things, we'd be in great shape. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, you know, where, it, where those games really, I don't want to say didn't count at all. You'd want them to count, but... Where they, uh, you know, they didn't affect your ability to get in, and but but now, uh, you know, with especially with programs of that caliber, uh, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt if that's their only loss, and and so you know, it's it's fun to see games like that. Same with USC Alabama in the first week and. 
Clemson, Auburn, and North Carolina, Georgia. I mean, there, there's some really good games right off the bat. Notre Dame, Texas is another one. Um, Florida State, Ole Miss, I think, on Labor Day. I mean, some really good interconference games there in the first week that just, you know, will we'll go – won't knock anybody out, but will certainly kind of frame the discussion going forward. So let's take a look at the SEC and – it's 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 Nick Saban's world, and we're all just living in it. And that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, is with you. I know it. I know it. I mean, all all he does is win national championships. It, yeah, you know, I mean, unless he dabbles in the NFL, just so that people can know that he's right. Human. Right. I mean, you know what? Four titles in eight years, I think it is. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a lesson in in you know not jumping to conclusions because. Last year, if they lost to Ole Miss, it was, you know, the, the Alabama dynasty was coming to a close, and they had lost, you know, the bowl game, you know, the playoff game the previous year, and they lost to Ole Miss at home, and what was wrong with Alabama, and then, you know, they rip off a win streak and, and win the SEC and win the national title, and nothing's wrong with Alabama. They're fine. Uh, and, and, you know, they're, they got to be, I mean, they're the team to beat uh, until proven otherwise in the SEC. It's sort of like the New England Patriots. Um, you know, and until somebody knocks them off their perch, you know, then you have to you have to assume they're going to be right there in the mix, if not at the top at the end. Uh, so in the West, I think it's really going to be Alabama and LSU. I think that the the Laramie Tunsil graduation yeah. and Lacron Treadwell graduation, plus the distraction that's been around Ole Miss, I right. think they're right first step back. I agree. A, a lot of heat on Chad Kelly, and uh, you know, Kelly's kind of a combustible character you know based on his past at Clemson and all that so uh you you know you wonder how that'll be I mean they they've got good players their recruiting hasn't slowed down even though they had you know the three stars are gone from that group that came in three years ago um you know they've they've continued to bring in good players but you do wonder without your top receiver in your left tackle from last year how much does that hurt Kelly and you know does Kelly being the kind of player he is uh, you know does he try to do too much uh, I mean, that Florida State game right off the bat, it's, it's essentially a Florida State home game. I think it's in Orlando, but obviously it's going to be a pro Florida State crowd. You know, could could set a tone kind of similar to ASU last year. You go play a big week one game. If you walk away with an L, you know, kind of can set you back for the whole year. And I, I mean, I feel like Florida State's a pretty good team that might be, you know, enough to just go in there and pace them a little bit, kind of like what A&M did to ASU. Yeah. The rest of the West, I mean, Mississippi State, I, I think Mullen's a great coach. I, I just don't think it's there. They lose Dak Prescott as killer. Yeah. Uh, Prescott was like Tebow there. I mean, he, you know, he, everything revolved around him. I, I think they fall off a lot without him. Yeah, on a and I mean, Christian Kirk might be the most exciting player in college football. Yeah, but, but that's about all they got going yeah. that's positive right now. <laughs> yeah, but when you lose, <laughs> you have yeah. the top you have top quarterback recruits, back-to-back classes, yeah. and then in the same offseason, both of them decide both that neither gone. of them wants and, to be there. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, not that this women's clinic thing has much to do with on the field, but it's just another example of things just blowing up in their face. I mean, for for as good as things looked after their first year in the SEC when they get to the Cotton Bowl and Manziel wins the Heisman and they're the program on the rise with the cool young coach, I mean, it has just it has blown up since. Everything that happens with them seems to be bad, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So, And they got Trevor Knight, and I know Knight, you know, but Knight was so inconsistent at Oklahoma, it's hard to believe he, you know, he can be the piece. And obviously, the you know, the coordinator now is Noel Mazzoni, which as ASU fans, I think, 
neither one of us are too excited about possibly having Noel Mazzoni. I know I'm not. Before, as, as a tease, I think UCLA has benefited, you know, benefits by the fact they don't have Noel Mazzoni anymore. <laughs> so, I, you know, I feel like A&M is kind of a non-factor and Auburn too. Uh, I, I drank the Auburn Kool-Aid last year and had them in the playoff and they, I think they barely made a bowl game. So I'm, I'm certainly not buying them this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that week one A&M plays UCLA and I think, yeah. I think that's going to help. UCLA get started on the right foot, unlike ASU last year. Yeah, although, I think it should too. Although, if UCLA doesn't have their offensive line completely figured out, Miles Garrett's right. going to be living in the backfield it's, this season. Yeah, that's a tricky game, and it's in it's in Texas, isn't it? Dallas or something like it's a neutral site, but it's in Texas, from what yeah, I recall. Yeah, I, I believe it's one of those fake neutral site games. Yeah, it's, it's no, like it's at ASU you know game. what? It's at Kyle Field. So, oh, no, is it really? Okay, well, yeah, that's that's a. That's a tough one. I mean, that's a that's a chance. Neither neither one of us mentioned him in the Heisman mix, but that's a chance for Rosen to sort of throw himself, you know, right there into the into the picture if he can go there have a big game and you know catch some attention. But that's a tough place to play, uh, you know. And and uh, for you know, whenever programs under fire, the fans sort of rally and they get extra juiced up and amped and all that. And so that that's a tough opener for UCLA, even though I don't think A and M is that good. Uh, you know, going there is tricky. It's not an easy place to win, for sure. No, not at all. Not at all. So, because we went through the West, and you didn't tell me who your sleeper team was, and obviously, I, I, for me, it's Alabama and LSU, and I think the winner of that game is going to decide who wins the West. Yeah, as it's been so many times, it feels like, and it, you know, and uh, I mean, for me, and I, I don't think you'll disagree, I think I'd, I'd go Alabama. I mean, it, you know, neither neither team has had like superstar quarterbacks, but Alabama always manages to to get the most out of their guys, and LSU hasn't. Uh, you know, I mean that that's been the difference in the programs. You know, they have star defensive players, they have star running backs, um, but LSU has not. You know, aside from really one year with Mettenberger, which the defense wasn't very good that year, they haven't had good quarterback play uh, since Matt Flynn, and that's been almost a decade. Um, and you know, Alabama just finds guys like they don't, they don't have a proven guy, but they haven't had a proven guy the last two years. They, you know, they won two SEC titles and one national title. So it hasn't hurt them. The one thing that LSU has going for them in this is it's at LSU this year, but yeah, yeah, but, but it feels like less miles. If they can get a, if they can get a Leonard Fournette touchdown and some sort of special teams gaff, maybe they got a shot, but you know, I I will not pick against Saban. He's no, you know. and I'm not either. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm curious who they'll go with the quarterback. I mean, Blake Barnett is the is the redshirt freshman who's got the super high ceiling supposedly, and he was you know he was one and one a with Josh Rosen coming out of high school. Uh, you know, redshirted last year, obviously. So that you know, you'd think that he's kind of the guy that they want, but you know, Saban often picks the veteran. Cooper Bateman was the backup last year, kind of like Coker was the year before. They could easily just, you know, hand it off to Cooper Bateman for this year and then see if Blake Barnett can win the job going forward. Um, but they're always good. You know, their defense is going to be loaded. They got they got guys back from that team last year that you would have thought would go to the NFL. Um, and so they're, they're going to be great on defense. Even if their offense slips a little, I don't know that it matters. Uh, I mean, to, you know, the – the million-dollar question is, can Brandon Harris finally become the player he was supposed to be at LSU? And I, I'm just not sold on that. He hasn't shown any signs of that yet. Now, if he does, it, it changes the dynamic. 
I, I'm gonna vote no. I mean, uh, you know, he got he got positive reviews coming out of spring, and I think he went to the to the Manning camp and played well and all that. You know, and that's it. You know, it's encouraging to hear, but but it's you know, I, I'm I'm not sure it's him. It might be LSU. I mean, LSU's had talented quarterbacks, supposedly talented quarterbacks, that they just don't get the most out of. I mean, Brandon Harris isn't the first. Um, Anthony Jennings and Jordan Jefferson and Jarrett Lee and the list goes on that they have not really developed or improved at LSU. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a great program. They've had a ton of success, but that's, you know, the biggest reason why Les Miles was on the hot seat last year is probably that. Uh, You know, if he had more quarterback consistency, they might have a couple more national titles, uh, but they they haven't been able to find that. Yeah. So because your sleeper's not in the West, I your sleeper must be in the East. And I well, and I can't say it's really a sleeper. I think probably a lot of people are picking it, you know. But but it's Tennessee. I, I think this is Tennessee's year. Um, you know, they've they've built to this point. Um, you got Florida. You know, somewhat not rebuilding, but certainly you know losing some pieces from last year's team. You got Georgia with a new coach, maybe a true freshman quarterback. This is this is the time, and if Butch Jones is going to make that run at Tennessee and get to the SEC title game at least, this has got to be the year to do it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you in that. If they're going to make the leap, this is when they have to do it. I'm not willing to write off a Nick Saban Kirby Smart SEC title game. Could happen. Could happen. Yeah, I mean, I I think Georgia's pretty good. I think Florida's good. I mean, McElwain is another Nick Saban disciple, um, and and you know. Did a, did a heck of a job last year to get them to the SEC title game, uh, you know, especially after the Will Greer gets, you know, suspended and they really, you know, they went back to being the offense that couldn't do anything, but they still found a way to win games, which they weren't doing with Muschamp. So you, you give McElwain a lot of credit for that. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's not a cakewalk for Tennessee, but they got the, you know, they got the third, third year starting quarterback in Dobbs. They got two great running backs. Uh, I mean, uh, what is it, Jalen Jalen Howard? Do I have the right name? I believe Jalen Hurd. So. Jalen Hurd. I knew it was Jalen um, from my experience at Neyland Stadium, hearing those guys yell Jalen over and over again. Um, <laughs> Jalen Hurd is the beast. I mean, an, an absolute beast, underrated, really. And and Kamara is a great change of pace back. I mean, they they got the pieces and they've recruited well. And they, you know, I mean, this is this is the time. This team could have done it last year. Like they lost, I think they lost four games and. You know, one was to one was to Oklahoma. They blew the lead. Uh, that was a you know a, a playoff team. One was to Alabama, a close game that they probably easily could have won on the road. I believe it was on the road. That was the national champion. Florida, they choked away the lead. You know, SEC East champion. I mean, it wasn't like they lost to bad teams, and and they had leads in every one of those games. They just weren't mature enough to finish, but they finished strong. You know, they turned things around because they were. I mean, they, that season could have slipped off the rails. Um, but it didn't, you know, they, they ended up finishing, I think eight and four, they won their bowl game in a route. So I, they're going in with momentum. It, it's gotta be the time. I mean, it, you know, if, if not now, when, I guess is basically the question. Yeah. I, I hear everything you're saying. You're saying things that make a lot of sense. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at the Tennessee schedule. They, they miss LSU this year. It's so, gettable. I mean, it's very gettable. They get Alabama at home. They get Florida at home. Uh, the non-conference is, is certainly not that tough. I mean, Virginia Tech is really the only notable one, and you know they're not a they're not a great team, obviously. Um, so it's it's very gettable. I mean, at Georgia, at A and M is a tricky 
back to back. And I, again, I don't think they're going to go undefeated, but I think they go ten and two and and can win the East. I'm going to take Georgia. Okay. And I'm now, who you got playing quarterback for Georgia is my question. I think that they go with the freshman. All do they go I with think, Well, here's what I think. I think that they go safe early. Yeah. And the first, I think, you know, but but they don't ever officially commit that they're going to redshirt him. I think right. they're going to say, you know, we're we're bringing Jacob along. He, you know, he's a talented kid, but we're not. Yeah. You know, he has to win the job. He has to earn it. I think they go the safe route and they let Grayson Lambert start. He's a senior. He's got yeah. the experience. Yeah. And and I think what you see is Lambert starts and at the first sign of trouble, everyone will be looking for uh, Bryce Ramsey, the junior, to pick up yeah. the clip to drop the clipboard and start throwing the ball. But all of a sudden, Eason's going to be the one warming yeah. up. And, yeah. And Eason's I, the hope. Yeah. I mean, he's he is the big thing there. I mean, he's the number one quarterback, and they. They kept him even though Rick got fired, and and he's got. I mean, man, I watched that spring game of theirs on TV, and the kids just got a rocket. Like he made some throws that were unbelievable, um, you know. But but seems to have control of it too. It's not like he's just a uh, you know a guy who who flings it all over the map but can't can't control where it's going. Um, I mean, he looks special. It's a spring game. You hate to read too much into it, but you know, watching that as somebody who likes to look at you know young quarterback prospects and kind of project out, you, you couldn't help but think this guy's going to be a big thing. Uh, you know, number one draft pick type of player. So here's what I'm looking at. I, I think that they that Lambert makes it through the UNC game. But, okay. But, yeah, do you have him taking an early L? Because you I, like Carolina too. Well, so here's what I think is going to happen is I think Lambert takes the UNC game, and I think either UNC pushes them to the edge yeah. or beats them. Yeah, you know, or just all. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that's it's it's at Atlanta, so it's obviously it's in their backyard, but it's not necessarily a home game for them. And, uh, and what I think happens is by the time where where this falls apart is they get Nichols State in week two. Yes. If they if if they're gonna make the change, if they're gonna give the hook, I think they have to do it right then, because you think I don't because so? okay. I even though I don't really think Missouri's gonna have a great season, and I'm not. Right. I'm not sold on Ole Miss for all the reasons we talked about. I don't think right. you want to put Eason in on the road in a conference game as his first it's start. It's tough. You know? Yeah, back-to-back road games there. I mean, it's it's a tricky looking at it. You know, you kind of – you almost circle that Tennessee game, but if Tennessee's as good as I think they are, maybe that's not an ideal spot either. Um, and then you get into midseason. That, to me, I mean, and, and, and it's – you know, somewhat of a lazy comparison, but to me, it feels like it plays out a little bit like what happened with Matt Stafford. There, he was the hot shot recruit ten years ago, number one quarterback in the country, and they brought him off the bench the first couple games. He played at some scrub time. I think by game five or six, he was the starter, and the season didn't. And this is why I'm not picking them. Like it, it I think they finished nine and four or something like that. It wasn't a great season. The next year is when they made their run and they they went to the Sugar Bowl and they finished top five in the country. I kind of, you know, projecting out, especially with a new coach, feels like more that map for me. Like, they go to Easton somewhere midseason. He takes his lumps like any true freshman does. Rosen did it last year. He had the great start and then kind of came back to earth. Um, but they, but you get him ready to go for 2017, and you're the, you're the team to beat because Tennessee's going to lose some of those guys. And now all of a sudden, you know, Georgia is at the, at the mountaintop in the SEC East. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're looking mid-year, I think you look at that home Vanderbilt game in the middle of October. Right, maybe even at South Carolina. I mean, a road game's tough, but South Carolina is not a great opponent. Um, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. Maybe they go with him from day one. I mean, you know, Kirby Smart hasn't shut the door on that. Um, and, and so it's, you know, it's feasible that they go with him right off the bat. Um, you know, maybe that's the place to do it uh, because it's a neutral site and then you got Nickel State week two and, like we talked about, they they can withstand that loss if they take one to North Carolina. It doesn't hurt you in the SEC race, um, and it you know it toughens you up. And maybe he goes through those growing pains early, and by the time they hit that Ole Miss Tennessee stretch, he's he's more seasoned and ready to play. Yeah, I, I'm going to take Georgia to win the East, but I got Alabama over Georgia, which rounds out my playoffs: Clemson, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Alabama. Okay. Okay. I uh, I'm gonna take Alabama over Tennessee, um, and I believe yeah, it's it's similar in mine. Yours was yours was Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Did you pick all three of them? Yeah. Okay. And I, Oklahoma. I'm doing the same. I'm picking Michigan as my fourth playoff team. Which means both of us shut the Pac-12 out. Yeah, and it was a last-second decision. Honestly, I picked Notre Dame over my Pac-12 champ and I just kind of made that change in my mind today um, because I was going to go with the Pac-12 champ, but I, I like Notre Dame and, well. <laughs> they haven't been to, in to, in a while. I mean, To give away the Pac-12 champ, Notre Dame plays my Pac-12 champ, and I have Notre Dame beating them. So I, that was kind of my deciding factor. I mean, for me, it's I think if Notre Dame is close, Notre Dame is in because they haven't yeah, been in. Yeah, I think in. so. <laughs> you know, I, I think you're right, and, and – I just think, I mean, last year it came down to Notre Dame-Stanford. Um, if Notre Dame had won, they might have been in. You know, that, that made the decision easier to, to take Oklahoma. Um, and I think it'll, it won't come down to that because that's not the end of the year. But I think the Notre Dame-Stanford winner will go a long way because I think Stanford's going to be the Pac-12 champion. I agree. I think, Stanford, I, I think Stanford's going to win the conference. I think they're going to be sort of the dominant team from start to finish, which everyone seems to be saying, as yeah, far as the Norse I mean, concerned, at least. To me, it, it just it's a matter of liking what they do, but also not being able to find myself falling in love with anyone else. Uh, you know, I, I, think, I think Washington will be improved, but I think, whoa, there we go, we got a guest. <laughs> Archie wants to be in on this. Okay. <laughs> it's it only a matter of time. He's been looking, he's been listening, he's okay. been really well behaved, and then... <laughs> All of a sudden, he, he disagrees about Washington. He, he <laughs> thinks Washington is is going to be the team. They're going to break through this year, maybe. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's the Huskies. It's you know that's when, true. It's when kind we were... of in his in his family line. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I yeah, I think I think they're. Well, do you need to do you need to take care of him? I don't want. <laughs> I don't want. No, he just he's he feels okay. very strong. He feels very strongly. That we're not giving enough credence, you know. Every we, time I mention <laughs> Washington, yeah. <laughs> when we look, yeah. When when I was saying the nice things about the Bulldogs in Georgia, he was That's totally right. content, was totally again. fine. Yeah. Now That's he's right. on high That's alert. Right. But, I know. I but, mean, and I don't get me wrong, Archie. I like Washington. I just I think much like Georgia, I think they're a year away. I, I think, think you know Jake Jake Browning's a good quarterback, and and they got a lot of young pieces, and they they made strides at the end of the year. I just can't pick them just yet. I got to see it to believe it. I guess a little bit. I think Washington finishes ahead of Oregon. I think Oregon's third. I do too, yeah. I mean, I think Washington State could be ahead of Oregon. I think they're a good team. Luke Falk is kind of a 
you know, somewhat under the radar NFL draft prospect, but not that under the radar. He started to get a lot of buzz. Um, and, and Leach is a good coach. They finally hit their stride last year. You know, it took a little longer than I thought, but they finally kind of became that program that, that I expected Leach to build there. Um, I just, there's, there's nobody else. And, and, you know, I'm not sure Oregon is, is terrible. I don't think they're terrible. I think they're probably an eight win team, um, but they don't have the quarterback. You know, like who's the quarterback you going with another FCS. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as I look at it, I think a really telling game for the Cougars is they open at the Pac-12 at home getting Oregon. And, okay. Yeah, and if, see, they, yeah, if yeah. they can beat Oregon, I, I think that goes a long way to them you know, establishing themselves. I, I think that uh, the Apple Cup's going to be a good game this year. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think those programs are both – you know, on the upswing and Oregon's on the downswing and Oregon state stinks, you know, so the, so, or, you know, the Washington rivalry is now kind of the more important one. It seems like. Yeah. Now, do you think Cal makes any noise at all this year? No, no, I don't. I mean, you know, probably about the same amount of noise they made last year, you know, a, a six and six, seven and five kind of year. I mean, I know Mel Kuyper loves Davis Webb. I'm not that sold, even though he shredded ASU. Um, but, you know, I, <laughs> the shredding I, ASU's defense is not necessarily. It has not a, been a unique thing, necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, I, I think maybe a bowl team. That's probably as far as I'd go. Yeah, I, I definitely think that you're going to see Oregon State at the bottom. I think it's going to be Stanford at the top. And, and the yeah. teams in the middle, you can kind of jumble them up. I agree. I mean, you know, Stanford, I, I know David Shaw was, you know, prickly at Pac-12 Media Day about, you know, well, you guys picking us means you guys don't know what you're talking about. I think he's just giving coach speak. I mean, they've been they've been the standard bearer in the conference now for, for several years. Uh, you know, as Oregon has slipped, USC has really slipped. You know, they're the, they're the program that kind of year in, year out, in spite of my thinking that it would fall apart with David Shaw, it hasn't. And, and, you know, McCaffrey's a great player. Um, you know, Hogan was, was a solid, solid leader type of quarterback. And, it, you know, it's not going to be easy to replace him, but they got a couple of good options, highly recruited guys. I think they'll settle on one and, and they'll be fine. They'll ask him to do what Hogan did, which is take care of the ball. Make plays when we need you to. You know, you don't have to be a hero. Andrew Luck wasn't a hero there. I mean, he, he had some great moments, but they never asked Andrew Luck to throw it 60 times. Just It's not the way they play. Uh, I mean, the one thing that Stanford has always done is they've had excellent play calling. They catch, yeah. you, they catch yeah. you napping. You know, they, they, uh, he, the handoff, the Hogan handoff and empty-handed bootleg that he runs yeah. all the time until, you know, on third and one or third and inches – he right. keeps it, and no one follows him. Right, you and know? they just they play a style that that nobody else really does in the conference of you know big, strong offensive line, fullbacks, tight ends, uh, you know, and and it's just so different from what you see. I mean, it's such a wide open conference with offenses like Washington State and Oregon and Arizona and Arizona State. You know, it's spread and it's hurry up and all that, um, and they just come at you with you know old school. They huddle up. Uh, they, they bring out, you know, seven offensive linemen sometimes and they just run it right at you. They're not a lot of bells and whistles, but, but it, they don't need them. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've got the personnel, but they don't need to trick it up. 
Yeah. On the South side, I mean, Rosen is, you know, probably the most talented quarterback in the conference. Yeah, I think so. You know, he might not put up Falk's numbers, but their offense doesn't really call for it. Exactly, and it's a different offense this year, too. I mean, they're going to run more of a conventional pro style, apparently, than than they had last year, which I think in the long run will be good for him. It'll answer some questions about him. He won't have that knock on him coming out in the NFL, um, that he's just a you know system guy or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, you're right. He's not going to put up, a, you know, he's not going to lead the conference in passing yards or anything like that because the offense doesn't call for it. But I'd take him over anybody else easily. Yeah, I think that Colorado is going to be at the bottom of the South, which everyone has is been ta- a yearly thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, mean, the thing yeah. is, if, if the cupboard when you show up is completely bare and after a few seasons you've got – basic ingredients, which is effectively yeah. what Colorado has now. They have enough yeah. that they they can't make you the fanciest dinner in the world, but they can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich sure. now. Agreed. Agreed. I mean they're they're making strides very slowly. Uh you you know you keep waiting for the year that, that they take a leap. And maybe this is that year. I mean I, I think, you know, until until proven otherwise you can't expect it because they've been at the bottom since they joined the conference and even going back to their Last seasons in the Big 12, they weren't very good. Um, you know, it's it's hard to believe how far they've fallen for a program that won a national championship 25 years ago and, you know, was in the national title picture in the 2000s, you know, the, the year that the year they won the Big 12 and, you know, and then they were in the Big 12 title game against Texas when they, you know, they weren't a, a title contender, but they won that division. It's just fallen apart completely for them. Yeah. Now, what do you think will happen with their rival, Utah, their quote-unquote rival? Utah? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, Utah's shown that character over the last few years that they're going to be a good defensive team and they're going to run the ball and kind of a Stanford light, really. Um, you know, they they uh, they don't have the, the mashers that Stanford does on the offensive line, but, you know, they play really good defense. they got a great home field advantage, um, and, and they just, you know, they, they find enough at, Travis Wilson's finally gone after his 14-year college career ended. Um, so they finally got to have a new quarterback. And I know – I think there's a, a freshman kid that they really like that's getting a lot of buzz. Uh, but they also have the, the kid from Washington that transferred. the Ju- uh, He went Juco, Troy Williams. So I'm kind of curious where they'll go with that. Um, they lose Booker, who was obviously their, you know, their main guy last year. You know, I think, I think they'll be about – not like they were last year where they were in the top five. I think more like probably two years ago. They're, they're a good middle-of-the-road conference team. If, you know, somewhat like ASU in Arizona, I'd say the same. Things break right, they could win nine. If things break wrong, they're probably five or six wins. Yeah. I mean, they have another low two Lille, So they do that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. His brother, I think. Yeah. So, you know, they're always, they're always good on defense. And Whittingham is the heck of a coach. I mean, he's... He's uh, he doesn't probably get nearly enough credit for what he's done there. I mean, taking over for for Urban Meyer, and you know he's had an undefeated season of his own in the Mountain West, and then he's moved him into the Pac-12, and they had they had a little bit of growing pains, but not much. You know, I mean, they, they should have won the South last year. They fell apart really at the end. That that division was all wrapped up for them, and then they struggled at the end of the year. Uh, but you know, he's he's made them competitive. Certainly, much quicker than Colorado's been competitive. Now that you know, it's, they started from different points, but you know, Colorado was the team coming from the Power Conference, 
with the pedigree and all that. And Utah was the little engine that could who, well, let's see if they can hang with the big boys. And they've been able to hang with the big boys pretty well. Yeah. So I, I think that the general consensus has been it's, it's the L.A. schools conference to lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, almost by default, again. Um, you know, it's sort of like with Stanford. I just I can't talk myself into anybody else. I'm not I'm not talking myself into ASU. I'm more optimistic about ASU than I, than a lot of people are, but I can't go down that road that I went down last year. You know, with all the question marks they've got, I, it's foolhardy to say they can win that division. It, could they if everything breaks positively? I think they could. It's hard to believe every one of those question marks is going to come up the right way. Yeah. Who do you think USC goes with, Brown or Darnold? For the I think they'll go with Brown initially, and and sadly for him, and I think he's a, I think he's a good player. Their schedule's so brutal at the start. With that, I mean, they open with Alabama. They're going to get beat there. I think that's a cinch. Um, and then week you know week two or week three and four at Stanford at Utah. That's brutal. I think they're going to come out of that one and three. And I think he's going to end up getting benched because they'll think, well, we might as well go to the younger kid who gives us, uh, you know, a little bit more hope for the future. And, I, you know, it's who I, then I hope gets, I'm wrong. Who then gets to pick off the three teams that were picked to finish at the bottom of the South, home against Dayton, exactly. home against Colorado, yeah. at Arizona. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think they'll go with Brown out of the gate, and I think he, they're almost setting him up for failure. Not on purpose. I mean, it's just it's the way the schedule broke that he's going to struggle. I mean, that Alabama defense is going to be really good. And they're gonna they're gonna hit him a ton. They're gonna sack him a ton. They're gonna you know they're gonna make life difficult on him as they do with everybody. But it's gonna set the wrong tone for him, I think, out of the gate. So does that mean you're gonna take? From what you're saying, it sounds like you're gonna take UCLA. Not I'm taking USC. UCLA. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, um, I, there's some things about them that that scare me. Obviously, you know, losing a ton of offensive personnel outside of Rosen. Um, you know, Perkins is gone. Basically, the entire receiver group is gone, and I think most of their offensive line from last year is gone. So that makes me wary. Um, but I, I think Rosen's good enough to compensate for some of those things. Their defense should be better. They get some guys back from injury. Um, again, like I said earlier, not to pick on him, but I think without Noel Mazzoni, they'll be better off. I, you know, I just think they'll be a better offense. Jim Mora scares me. Not a Jim Mora fan. Um, but I'm not a Clay Helton fan either. I think Clay Helton was a very uninspired, unoriginal hire. Uh, I think they, they fell for, for sentimentality of just, well, let's keep the guy who the players like. And that's all well and good, but those players are going to be gone soon anyway. And I just feel like they're going to be right back at this position in three years looking for another new coach. As, as an ASU person, the thing that scares me most about UCLA is they're moving Ish Adams to offense, and that means right. more, more of Ish Adams with the ball in his hand, right. and that's right. a disaster. Exactly. We've, we've seen that up close, the damage that he can do uh, you know, as on defense and special teams. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, li- I think very highly of Rosen. I really do. I think he's, uh, uh, you know, the best pro prospect maybe, although I like Watson as a pro prospect too. Um, but I, I mean, I think he's just, he's just cut from the pro prospect cloth. You know, he's exactly how you build it up. He's got the big arm. He's got the look, he's got the size, he's got it all. Um, and I think, you know, I think he's going to be somewhat like, I think with Mahomes, where like, if you've got a good quarterback, it just, it rises everything else. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we've seen it, seen it with Vince Young, seen it with Tebow, seen it with Jameis. 
Um, you know, when, when you've got that type of quarterback, it, it makes up for your other deficiencies. Now, you can be Alabama and get by with an average quarterback if you're great in every other area. Hard to do that, though. I mean, they make it look easy, but not a lot of programs can do that. Yeah, the one thing that scares me about picking UCLA, and, I, and I'm ultimately going to pick UCLA, but USC is just so fast. Everybody very is talented. just so, very talented. so athletic, yeah, I mean, so quick. Both sides are. of the ball. I mean, they I are. said, you know, what I said about Ish Adams, you can say Adoree Jackson or Juju sure. Smith, or, sure. you know, and sure. you just go on down the line. Without a doubt. Uh, Ronald Jones, the running back, is very good. Uh, I mean, they, they've got talent. I just think that early schedule is brutal for them. If, if the schedule's set up differently, I might pick them. Um, but I just think they're going to get off to a tough start, uh, and, and it's going to just set them back right from the jump. They, they'll probably turn it around and have a decent season, but I think they'll be behind the eight ball from the time October starts. If there's anything that ASU can maybe try to look at as an edge, it's that they do have their specialists back. And they U- do. UCLA returns none of their specialists. But Right, right. <laughs> but they do. I mean, I, I, I do think as much as on the surface, you know, you'd think the L.A. schools are the favorites – I do think ASU, Utah, and, and even though I don't want this, I think Arizona could win this division. It feels a lot like the last few years where it's been kind of a jumble. Um, you know, ASU won it in 13, Arizona in 14. It should have been Utah's last year until they choked. And, and then USC kind of snuck up there and won it. Um, you know, so it's, it's been a, a jumble of above-average teams, and I think it's going to be again. I don't, I don't see a, a championship contender in this division at all. Um, but I think, you know, I'd, I'd go with UCLA primarily because of Rosen. If you take Rosen off that team, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think highly of them at all. So you got Stanford over UCLA. I've got, I do. I've got Stanford over UCLA. Okay. And that takes us to uh, our final four. Yep. Yep. You're going to rank them. How we, how we rank them. Uh, so for me, I put Alabama one with a bullet. I think that until until Nick Saban gets beaten soundly after November, you know, after the calendar yeah. turns to November, yeah, I expect well, him- the SEC always gets a little bit of a boost. Uh, I mean, it just it just does. I think the winner of the SEC, if they have one loss or no losses, is probably going to be that number one seed. And I picked Alabama as the winner of the SEC, so I'm I'm saying the same. And then I'm going to go, my 2-3 is uh, Notre Dame-Clemson in some order. I think I'm going okay. to take Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, okay. with Oklahoma 4. I think ultimately I'm going to go with Alabama against Notre Dame and okay. Alabama to win Rematch. it all. Yeah, okay. and I'm going to take Alabama to win it all because to be the man, you have to beat the man. All right, <laughs> well, that's where we differ a little. I'm going to go Alabama 1, Clemson 2. Michigan three, Notre Dame four. So I'll have Alabama, Notre Dame in the semifinals. And I'm going to take Alabama to win, Michigan to win, and Jim Harbaugh gets his crown by defeating Nick Saban and winning the national championship for the Maze of Blue. Will the media have more fun with Harbaugh saving than they did with Harbaugh v. Harbaugh? Probably, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it would be juicy. You know that, and... You know, you know, I mean, Arba's already taken shots at him. Deserved, I would say. Uh, but they've already gone back and forth. And so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be entertaining. There's no doubt. You know, you'd, you'd enjoy that week and a half buildup or whatever it is this year between the, 
the semifinals and the final. Um, I, I'm again, I, I, I kind of thought Michigan was an off the radar pick when I first thought of this about a month ago. They're not. So I can't say I'm taking any sort of risk by picking Michigan because a lot of people are obviously, but, um, I just, I, I think this is, this is the time not to, not to say it's the only time they can do it, but why not now? I think Ohio state is, is a little bit weaker with all the losses, which opens the door for Michigan to win the big 10 and, and, you know, I know Harbaugh, he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he got oh so close. Um, and I think he's got the, he's got the mojo. He's going to make it happen. I mean, the guy's a winner. He's Herman Boone-esque. He is. He is. And, uh, you know, he, he hasn't won the big prize. He's been close, really close with Stanford, even closer with, with uh, the 49ers. I mean, those three losses they had in the playoffs, brutal. You know, overtime in the NFC title game. Uh, last drive in the Super Bowl and last drive in the NFC title game again the next year, a uh, killer. And, and it just it wrecked that organization, having so many close calls, and they've just totally fallen apart. Um, but the guy's a good coach. And to, to see what he did there last year, when I don't think the talent level was what it is now, uh, you know, he got him to 10 wins and they won a big bowl game. And I just I think, again, with Ohio State and Michigan State both losing some pieces – I feel like this is their year to climb to the top. I, you know, I think that it's a good call. I, I don't have a making it at all, but that's yeah. You got the Big Ten being left out because right? you picked Michigan to win the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean they are yeah. they are a hard out for me, but it it really comes down to I think Oklahoma is going to look so good against the Big Twelve that yeah. it's going to yeah. take a I mean, lot for Michigan to look that good against a better Big Ten conference. Yeah, I mean, you know, in your scenario, it's it's almost harder to project because you've got you got Notre Dame, you got Michigan, you got Oklahoma, um, and you got Stanford. So, I mean, it's like who, you know, to me I picked Texas Tech as the Big 12 winner. I pretty much immediately decided the Big 12's not getting a playoff team by making that pick. I'm not I'm not that high on Texas Tech, but I think they can make the playoffs. So, for me it was really a pick between the Pac-12 and Notre Dame because I feel like the SEC is so strong, they're not going to be left out. And I feel like Clemson's going to be so good, you know, and Florida State, whoever wins that is going to make it. And I think the Big Ten just, just gets uh, maybe a little bit benefit of the doubt. Um, not that they won't be deserving, but you saw it a couple of years ago when, you know, the Big Ten made that late climb with Ohio State. Everybody said they were going to be left out. When it came time for it, they got the team in and the Big 12 didn't. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited that the calendar's turning. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's uh, a month from today is that epic opening Saturday, and and then you know you got Notre Dame, Texas Sunday, and Florida State Ole Miss Monday, and it's it's here, uh, you know, and it's it's going to be a, a great week one to get started, and hopefully a fun season, and we'll see how much of this sounds really stupid at the end of the year. Yeah, at least now we have it saved for posterity. So yeah, I mean, if anybody had our, our conversation last year where each of us picked Arizona State to be in the playoff and I picked Auburn to be in the playoff, and boy, they'd get a lot of laughs. So hopefully we'll do better this year than we did last. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the first go-around on this, but uh, hopefully it works out and we can keep this up. All right, I like it. All right.